Good morning, Chair City Church. How are you today? <laughs> so glad. Welcome all of you. We are in week four, the final week uh, of our teaching series at the movies. And as you know, as we've been saying in this series, we take popular movies, many of them that have come out during the summer. We we kind of take a theme, a story, a topic, you know, out of that movie, and then we turn to the Bible to see what it says about that and how we can relate to culture and connect to your lives. Now, as you know, the movie that we're going to look at today is Skyscraper. Uh, I saw the movie uh, last night, actually. I finally, you know, uh, I, I saw it last night. The story follows a former FBI agent, Will Sawyer, played by Dwayne Johnson, the Rock, right? Plays a good role. Yeah, he's, he's good, you know? And uh, <laughs> I'm glad my wife didn't do that. <laughs> oh, was that you? Okay, good. I want to make sure. <laughs> All right, okay. So where was I? Where was I? All right, so Will Sawyer has to rescue his family from this newly built skyscraper, which is now the tallest building in the world after it's been taken over by criminals and been set on fire. This guy, Botha, mean dude, he's the leader of the criminals, and his team ignites the 96th floor of the building, sets it on fire the whole floor, and it blocks access to the higher floors of the building. And now the rest of the building after 96, after the 96th floor is vacant, with the exception of the owner, who's a billionaire, some of his inner circle, and on the 98th floor is Will Sawyer's family, his wife and his two kids, son and daughter. Now, the, now, and also the criminals knock out, after they set the fire, they knock out the building's advanced fire system. So it's really just now set to burn down to the ground. And what happens here is, and, and that, that 98th, that 96th floor is what is referred to as the fire line. Everything above is coming up in flames. So now the movie's a kind of combo of, for us older folks, you know, is a combo of Die Hard and the Towering Inferno, right? <laughs> so in Will Sawyer's case, the day starts out, as you saw, very promising. He's going on an interview for a lucrative contract. He has a kind of a small security business that he runs. And, and now he's going to try and get this contract to run, to manage the security system of the largest building in the world. And he takes his family there to, I think, what is Hong Kong, and they give his family the entire 98th floor as a suite. Big deal, right? So things are going well. The interview, he knocks it out of the park. It goes well. They give him the job, the contract on the spot. And then shortly after that, things go very, very wrong. Circumstances change in an instant. And as we say, life happens to Mr. Sawyer. The question is, how is Will Sawyer going to respond to the adversity and the difficulty that has come his way on this particular day? Now, when we watch the film, some of, some of us might think, what would I do? How would I respond, uh, you know, in such a situation, in a familiar situation? Would I face adversity and, and act like a hero? Would I collapse like a house of cards under such pressure, under such difficulty? Now, hopefully, you're not going to have to rescue your family from a burning skyscraper while they're being held captive by criminals. That's unlikely, right? The fact is, though, many things in life are beyond our control, are extraordinarily difficult. Hence the saying, life happens. 
We will face challenges. We will face fears and failures. We will face loss of life, of loved ones. We will face illnesses, financial difficulties, issues with relationship. We will have adversity. In our lives, things will go wrong, and when they do, there will be two responses that we can have. We can collapse, or we can stand strong when things go wrong. We're going to have the difficulty. The only difference is our response. We do not want to be that person who collapses, who caves. We want to be the one who stands strong, yes? And Jesus talks about the difference in the seventh chapter of Matthew in in the midst of what we know as the Sermon on the Mount. Matthew chapter 7, verse 24, Jesus says, anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise, like a person who builds a house on solid rock. Now, what Jesus is saying is, if you want to be the kind of person who stands strong when things go wrong, then you need the right foundation. When I would do marriage counseling, I would sit down with a, when I, when I would, I still do, uh, I would put a plate in front of the couple, the engaged couple, and it'd be a sponge, a good-sized sponge, and you could tell it was wet. It had been saturated with some substance, a liquid. And I would ask them, what do you think the sponge is holding, has absorbed? And they said, well, we don't know, maybe water or, or soda. I'd always use milk, you know? And then I would grab it, and I would squeeze it, and the milk would pour out. And I'd say, you see, life happens. And when it does, it squeezes you. And when it does, when it squeezes you, what's inside of you is going to come out of you. And if you are not prepared, if you have not digested and embraced God's teachings, if what's inside of you is not well, then when that happens, it's not like you're going to shift gears quickly and catch up. It just doesn't work that way. You must have a good, strong foundation. Not just because I say so, but Jesus says so. He goes on to say in verse 25, though the rain comes in torments, torrents, and floodwaters rise, and winds beat against the house. Let's pause. There's something really important I want you to notice here. Jesus doesn't say if the rain comes, if the floodwaters rise, if the winds beat against the house. There's no if here, and that's because it's not a question of if, it's a question of when, right? Because those things, those times, that difficulty, it's going to happen, it's going to Come, don't be discouraged by what I just said. Be assured that there's a way for you to persevere through that, to rise above that, huh? To get above that fire line. Notice what else Jesus says about this house, that it won't collapse because it's built on a bedrock. But anyone who hears my teaching and does not obey it is foolish, like a person who builds a house on sand. And when the rain and floods come and the winds beat against the house, it will collapse with a mighty crash. Now, some of you are here this morning when you hear about the rain and the floods and the winds, the winds and the storms, you, you got no problem understanding what I'm saying or relating to it because you are going through it right now or recently you've gone through that. The question is, for all of us, how do you stand strong when everything goes wrong? Now, I just want to toss out a couple of things to you this morning that are very applicable and very effective and very biblical. The first is you turn to God. Why? Because that's where you, when you turn to God, you find God. When you turn to God, you meet with God. And, and you know, that's not, that's simple, but not simplistic. 
It's simple but true, simple but powerful. And, and yet often our natural kind of inclination, our initial reaction is to turn away from God, the one who can help us most. Or perhaps we don't like, we don't say, God, get out of here, but we tend initially, and for the most part, maybe to sort of ignore God, his capacity, his power, or maybe we discount and minimize God and we turn more to others around us, right? And we, you know, we might even go as far as to notify our followers uh, on Facebook or social media about what's going on. And yet it is God who can help us and empower us the most in the midst of the storm. It is good to turn to others for help, but we must turn to God first so he can work on our filters, so he can begin to work in our hearts. And we must turn to God most First of God, more of God than others. When our problems come, let's take time to talk to God, the very one who can help us the most. And when we turn to God, the Bible tells us he will turn to us. James chapter 4, verse 8, at least part A, the first part of that verse says, come close to God, and God will come close to you, the maker of the universe, your creator, will come close to you. What does that mean? That means power. That means wisdom. That means perseverance. That means patience. That means the ability to see clearly. And how do you do that? How do you draw close to God? You, you speak to him. You pray. Now, the primary word God speaks to us is through his word. So you jump into that Bible. Just jump in there. Start flipping the pages. As I say, keep going. In the beginning, when I first came to faith, I would just keep flipping until I came across something that made sense to me. He's there, and he has something to speak to. There were times when I first came up in the faith, and I would be astounded how I would read something. It was so applicable to my life at that time, or I might even give a verse to somebody, and when I gave it, I thought I gave him the wrong verse. I'm thinking, oh, God, what did I tell him? You know, and I'd go home and be like, wow, that was awesome. It's just what they needed to hear. I, I could never have done that on my own. Go into the Word. Some of you have a concordance in the back of your Bible, meaning it's kind of a, a, a list of topics on each topic. will tell you where there are verses in the Bible. Go there. You can jump online and type in a topic and say, what Bible verses are there for this topic? Heck, call me up. But get into your Bible. What the Bible says has a lot to do with your, what you're going through. It was written for you. 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 12 says, Dear friends, don't be surprised at the fiery trials you're going through as if something strange were happening to you. Why shouldn't we be surprised at the adversity, difficulty that is coming into our lives? It's because Jesus said, <laughs> he didn't say if, he said it's coming, there's going to be difficult and adversity. It's going to happen to us. And yet in John chapter 16, the same Jesus in verse 33 says, I have told you all of this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth you'll have trials and sorrows, but take heart because I have overcome the world. Jesus here is reminding us that there is a heaven. The best is yet to come. And this earth is not heaven, right? The earth is is broken. It's not what God intended. It's a broken world. It's a flawed world. And we are going to experience difficulty because of that. 
But here is the promise of Jesus. Here is the great truth. If we put our trust in the overcomer Jesus, we then become overcomers, yes? You can overcome all that is going on in your life, in the, whatever it is, what you're in the midst of. And, you just, and overcoming doesn't mean just getting through it. It means overcoming it. It means taking a hold of it. It means gaining victories that you never could have imagined personally in your life. When you overcome that, when you get to the other side of it. Now take a look again. When, notice why Jesus is telling you to expect the problems, the difficulties, the trials, the sorrows. He says, I have told you all of this so that you may have peace in me. You see, that's the goal. The goal is not a storm-free life. Unfortunately, we set out to do this, and we take control. I'm not saying I invite the storm. I don't say, God, please today bring me a storm in my life. Have my children held captive by criminals and put us in the 98th floor of a building somewhere? So, I, No. The goal is to experience God's peace when the storm hits. That's peace. Peace is not a calmness, a tranquility. Peace is in the midst of all the mayhem, the pain, and the difficulty. We can be calm. We can be collective. We can be assured. And we get this by turning to God in prayer. Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 says this, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all He has done. Saturate yourself with thanksgiving. Now, don't miss the promise that comes for those who turn to God in prayer, who talk to God, who tell Him about everything, who thank Him. The promise is in verse 7, then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. When you pass through the storm, and you will, you can choose panic or you can choose peace. What will you choose? And the end result of that is going to be determined by have you turned to God? Are you talking to God? Are you going to His Word? Is that your foundation? The choice is yours. I suggest to you, I truly believe that you want peace instead of panic, and peace will come to you through prayer. If you want to stand strong when things go wrong, the first thing you want to do is turn to God. Turn to God first and turn to God most. The next thing, the second thing I want to toss out to you today is that when things go wrong, lean on others for strength. I referred to this earlier. The Bible tells us to turn to others for strength, for support. Here at Chair City Church, one of our core values is community. We are crazy about this. We believe that we are better together. We don't have membership here. We have participation, yes? Yeah, we do. We have participation in, in what goes in on Sunday, in each other's lives. That's what we do. We get to know each other. We serve one another, and we build each other up. That's our membership. Sign up for it. It's phenomenal. It's why we put a lot of emphasis on our life groups where people come together four to 10 to 12 during the week and other people's homes are here at the building. And you, you can, if you want more information about that, go to your connection card. Uh, there's a box you can check off or just write, I want more info about life groups. You know what? You want to lead a life group? We do that. We have you, people, God's children, step forward and lead these groups. 
No professionals, no licensed. You lead the groups. Many of those persons who lead the groups actually select what they want the group to be. We give them resources. Matter of fact, when you come in and you fill out a connection card, you get a link to Right Now Media, which has thousands of videos, of studies, uh, kids' programs, cards, everything. People go out. And they pick something they, that God has put on their heart that, that they have a passion for, and they bring that out and lead that in a group. And we support them. Because I'm called to a ministry. I want to do something. Well, do it, man. That, it goes, everything goes through our groups. Step out and lead a group. And it's incredibly well supported. Maybe you want to host. You have that gift of hospitality. Your home is a little too quiet lately. Come over to my house and cure your right. Wow. <laughs> it is crazy in that house, man. My poor wife, when I met her, it was, she had this nice little quiet house, right? You know, her mom, her dad, her, her brother. I mean, like, literally, if I did that, it'd be like, you know, it was so quiet in the house. Then I came, and that, that was just the end of paradise, man. Amen is right. And I just kept adding it, and my kids are like me, and my dog is a nut. So, listen, where was I? So, you, you want to host a life group? That's fantastic. Again, you know, a lot of support, a lot of instructions, directions uh, given to you, the people who attend the group. It's a wonderful thing to be a part of. We're better together. Today, we're having our get-together at Dunn's Pond. Why? Because we want to come together. We want, we want to get to know one another. We, we want, just want to become familiar with each other. Maybe it's just a, you see somebody, you say two words, you see them at the bank later on. Who knows? But we just know that God is in the midst of all this, of coming together. We're better together because there are some things you can do that I can't do, and there are some things that I can do that you can't do. And there are some things that others can do that we can't do. We simply get more done when we come together. We're more effective when we make, make a greater impact when we come together. Look around you. Look at this building. Look what you have done, right? This was you coming together and doing that great thing. I mean, after a year. I mean, two years ago in the cinema, we averaged 108 people for the month of July. We're averaging 285, 290 people on a Sunday this summer. That's phenomenal, isn't it? That's incredible. Look at you. I mean, come on. It's July, people. This is phenomenal. We have literally 50, 60 first-time guests, maybe more, that have poured in here. Three, four people have come to know Jesus and made that profession. This is an incredible time. And all because you have come together. We have come together. Our labor, our sacrifice. Consider what you've accomplished in this city. I want you to know that people are taking note of us coming together and what we're doing, not only to this building, but in this community. This past week, I received a letter from the mayor's office. It says, Dear Pastor Trelongo, on behalf of Gardner Square 2 Incorporated, I am pleased to inform you that you've been selected as a recipient as one of the 2008 Heroes Amongst Us Awards. So I'll stop there. Pretty cool. Now, the Gardner Square 2 is an organization in the city that works with the leadership of the city to, you know, to, uh, to improve the downtown community and the business. It says, this is the fourth year for this award, which is meant to recognize individuals and organizations who are making a positive impact on our community. Yeah. <laughs> Your commitment to the community has been one of admiration for all during the recent years. 
This is me. And when I say you're, it's me and you. You make me look good, okay? But it has been one of admiration during the years. From the purchase of the current church's location to now, the ability of the service is offered by Chair City Church of the community under your guidance to grow and expand has been nothing but breathtaking, okay? Yeah. We are all excited to see the greater things yet to come in this city. How cool is that, right? Through your ministry, your pastoral guidance, and through the people of Chair City Church, this award will be presented at the 79th Annual Experience Gardener Festival and Sidewalk Sale on Friday, August 3rd at 11 a.m. at the DJ stand. It goes on to say some details about the award and so on and so forth. And then they're asking the heroes to go to the front of a parade that's going to go through the event, you know? So, wow, listen, 11 o'clock Friday, you see people are noticing the city, the community is taking note. It's breathtaking to them. It should, it's breathtaking to us. We are in awe of what God is doing. Why? Because we have come together for a greater thing, yes? That's how you grow strong. You come together. And I encourage you on that note to jump in, to sign up to be a part of this. And when I say it's an opportunity, it's an opportunity. You're making a difference. You're stepping out to see people come to know God. I mean, a one slot, three hours, wow. We have 20 teenagers, to be exact, 20 kids ages 11 through 18 that have signed up and that are gonna do six hours of volunteer time. How cool is that? And the money that's raised from that event pays for their event to go to a Christian festival the day before Thursday. They will leave here. Chris and I and other adults will leave here at 7.30 in the morning. We won't get back till about 12.30, 1 o'clock the next morning. Those teens will be up and, and they will be up and downtown. Don't you leave me hanging there. At 9 o'clock in the morning till serve two, three. So we bring our teens and our young people to Jesus by wearing them out, yes? Listen, we're going out to the city, to the community, to people, to neighbors, maybe your relatives. We're going to connect to them. They're going to see that we exist and we are present. And, and wow, who are they? And wow, this is impressive. And, and maybe we want to be, become of that. This is part of bringing the gospel out there, going to them. Who's going to go to them? Who? If not you, then who? If not now, then when? Let's go to our city and serve them and see people come to know Jesus. Yes? yes? Let's lean on one another for strength. In the Old Testament, there's a story of Moses, and he's overseeing this battle between the Amalekites and the Jewish people, God's chosen people then. And, and God tells Moses, hey, as you're watching the battle, hold your staff above your head, and as you do so, you will see victory. And I want to pick it up in Exodus chapter 17, verses 12 through 13. It says, Moses' arms soon became so tired, he could no longer hold them up. So Aaron and Hur found a stone for him to sit on. I'm, I'm, I'm stopping because there's somebody in particular in here, this church, that every, he's so often, he says, man, you got to get people to hold your hands up. We need Aaron to hold our arms up. It says, then they stood on each side of Moses, holding up his hands. So his hands held steady, steady until sunset. As a result, Joshua overwhelmed the army of Amalek in the battle. God gave the victory, but Moses kept his hands up, and he did so with the help of others around him. Yes? 
Moses needed people. We need people. There are going to be times in your life when things are tough. There's adversity. You can't keep your arms up. You can't keep your chin up. You just need people. Turn to others. And who are you going to turn to? The person you met on Sunday morning. The person you connected to at the life group. The person you were talking to when you were out there at the event. The person you kind of connected to quick at the, at the, at the chilling grill at Dunn's Pond. This is how it works. My family and I, we got this crazy schedule in case you haven't noticed, right? A seemingly relentless pace, a very filled schedule. We share our lives with people. We could not do this if others, you, the people in here, have come together and love us and care for us and support us and protect us and bless us. And we are so grateful for all of you. Thank you. It's nice to be appreciated and loved and cared for. God created this thing we call the church so that we would build one another up, so that we would be there for each other, that they would know that we are Jesus' followers by the way we love one another and build each other up. This is Chair City Church. We are better together, yes? Yes. And that's why you want to be a part of the church. And that's why there's nothing more powerful on earth than the church. Be a part of it in a meaningful way. Join a team. We talked about it last week. You have these cards. If you're not part of a team, join a team. It's another phenomenal way to interact, to connect to people. Kids' church, nursery, preschool, out in the front, parking lot people, whatever. Just jump in, participate in the great things that God is doing through his body, the church. The Bible says in Galatians chapter 6, verse 2, It says to share each other's burdens and this way obey the law of Jesus Christ. We have started something here at Chair City Church. Again, we are relentless about this. We are crazy about this. Why? Because the Bible teaches it and we believe in it and we have seen the results and how it changes people's lives when they come in. We started something here called Stephen's Ministers. You might see them walking around with these little blue buttons or hats. These are, we have 12 people that have now become Stephen ministers. They went through about 50 hours of training. It's serious. It's incredibly supported. There are three people who oversee this, who I've said went down to Orlando, Florida. The church, you, you took care of all this. We don't have any outside organization that funds us. It's your participation. It's your giving. It's your sacrifice. It's your trust in God. It's your saying that there's something greater out there than just me, and I want to be a part of it. Thousands of dollars to send these people down here, to have them come back up, and then to go and multiply and go from three to now to 15, right? And those three still support those 12 as they now come alongside other people who are going through difficulty. I want to share a video about this incredible resource here at Chair City Church. Seeing these people come to the other side is the most humbling thing I could ever go through and have gone through. Um, Seeing them start out as these broken individuals, which I can relate with because I was there, come through, seeing the Holy Spirit work in their life and answer prayers, I get to see this. I had recently gone through some really tough times in my life and God had brought me through to the other side and I basically felt like, okay, it was 
so amazing how he took care of me. I felt I needed to give back. But now I'm blessed because I can see how these people are coming through it also. If we didn't have that, we would not be able to help the hurting people in this church and in the community. I can see how these people are going from being broken individuals that truly as a last resort come to see the ministry because they don't know where else to go. Nothing else has helped in their life and it's very hard and humbling for these people to come and say, I need help. But by them reaching out, letting us help them, seeing their lives changed, seeing the Holy Spirit come in and help mend their hearts, mend their hurts, has been the hugest blessing to me. So it's a ripple effect. It, it does matter. Um, you will see results from it. And again, it's all thanks to the Holy Spirit. It's amazing. If you need help, divorce, death, illness, if you're having difficulty in life, there should be a Stephen Ministers card in the back of the chair, which is in front of you. There's cards there at the guest service table. So, you know, sign up. Sign up to get help. It's a wonderful, supportive process. Two, you can be a Stephen's minister. You can do this. As this woman was, nothing special about her. Men and women. Men get a tremendous amount out of this. It's very rewarding for you. The next session is coming up in the fall. We start the training. It's part of our life group session. They spread it out so it's doable for you. But I encourage you, you know, at least step out if you, and get some more information about it and learn more about it so you begin the process of truly considering being part of and being a Stevens minister and getting involved. We're better together, yes? When we share each other's burdens, we double the joy and we cut the load of the burdens in half, Yes? Let's lean on each other for strength. We cannot do this in our own strength, getting through these storms in life. But with God's strength, we can. And one of the ways God gets us through that is by using one another to help each other. Sometimes we think, and, and really this is often, we think that we make the mistake, I'm going to say, of thinking that in order for God to use us in such a way to volunteer in particular areas in the church or to serve or, or to be a Stevens minister or to just get involved and make a difference in somebody's life that we already would have gotten through a storm, that we have navigated the storm and we did so so admirably, meaning it's worthy of a movie, right? Or we think because we didn't get through the storm admirably, whether we messed up or we're incomplete, that we just are not qualified to do this and it's just not true. Typically, stories in our lives don't end like the movies do, right? They're kind of messy, and that's just life. It's how it is. But it doesn't mean that we cannot be used to help others. Matter of fact, I think even more so at times, because what I always find amazing and a sign of God's supernatural work is when someone is suffering or going through things or struggling with a mess, that they're willing to step outside themselves and sacrifice and bless another. To me, that's sign of a supernatural God at work. Yes, that's divinity right there. And you know what? Most of the time, as your pastor, before God, with all that I am, that means I'll go, I'll go to bat for this one. There's no doubt in my mind, those are the people I see do incredible things and overcome incredible things, that in the midst of all that's going on, they still say, you know what? I'm just not going to be immersed in my pain, in my sorrow, in my difficult, in what's going on here. I'm going to to 
to step out here. And you know what? They're inspired by God. They, clearly, they've been talking to God. They're not just listening to themselves. They don't just have their head buried in their misery and their difficulty that's real and exists, but they've just somehow been lifted up and their chin is up and they're standing strong and they're hearing God speak to them and they're stepping out to do something for someone else. And that, my friends, is mental health. And that'll kick depression from one end of this room to the other. I'm telling you right now. That'll stomp on anxiety. That will lift you up. That will empower you. That is God. We are better together. Yes? Let's lean on one another. Okay, listen what the Apostle Paul wrote in 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 16. But God had mercy on me so that Christ Jesus could use me as a prime example of his great patience with even the worst of sinners. This is Apostle Paul talking. Then others will realize that they too can believe in him and receive eternal life. Paul saying that here, me, I, Paul, the Apostle Paul, I am the chief of all sinners. I'm a hot mess. He's encouraging others out of God was patient with me and merciful to me and has done this with me. He will do it through you too and the rest of us. Storms will come. Adversity will come. Difficulty will come. It will come. But let us turn to God, yes, and let us lean on one another. I want you to bow your heads. Father, I thank you for this morning, oh God. Lord, help us, oh God to turn to you, O oh God. Help us, O oh God, to lean on one another, O oh God. Right now, God, Holy Spirit, Lord, help us to just empty ourselves out of ourselves and our flesh and our misconceptions and warped perceptions, O oh God, of you and church, O oh God. And help us just know that you are working in us right now. You're inspiring us, O oh God. Lord, you are lifting us up. You are enabling us to stand strong, O oh God, right now today. As we turn to you, your word, speak to you. As we lean on one another, as we look to encounter each other, oh God. And Lord, for those people who do not know you, God, but this morning they are turning to you, oh God. That they would lean on Jesus this morning. That they would know that great things are ahead for them. That they will overcome as Jesus is their foundation, as they trust in Jesus as their Lord and Savior, as they confess their sins to you, God, their Heavenly Father, as they feel the comfort and the freedom by doing that, oh God. And they know that Jesus is now the center of their life, oh God, that they are turning to him and they will follow him, oh God. God, empower them, strengthen them, carry them, and let them know that greater things are yet to come for them. In Jesus' precious name, Amen.